Welcome to the Recruitment Leadership Podcast, hosted by Alison Humphreys. The Recruitment Leadership Podcast is here to help those in the recruitment industry gain awareness and understanding on the hot topics faced by those in the business of hiring people. In each episode, Alison Humphreys is joined by a fellow expert to offer professional knowledge, insight and advice on the biggest subjects affecting recruitment businesses. It's the podcast to listen to for recruitment business frontrunners seeking expert information from industry-leading advisors. Welcome to the Recruitment Leadership Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Recruitment Leadership Podcast. I'm Alison Humphreys, your host and owner and founder of Recruitment Leadership. And I'm really, really interested to talk to our guest today. Uh, Welcome, Matthew Banks. Matthew is Growth Manager at Red Nevada Tech. And um, I was really, really interested to make his acquaintance and learn about his tech because guess what? It features artificial intelligence. Um, so that's a very big buzz theme for us all at the moment. And Matthew, also, because you have been a recruiter for several years before moving into the tech sales world, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I spent um, the best part of seven, seven, eight years in, in a typical 360 role um, in the technology space uh, before moving to tech side and, and also worked in some some sort of staff augmentation sort of services consulting type background too but yeah now uh, recruitment technology right okay so your business focuses entirely on the recruitment community yeah yes precisely. okay right so this is going to be actionable guys it's going to be really specific and please um if you haven't put your video on uh could you do that to get maximum value because um, Matthew's going to give us a short demo later on and keep going until the end because um, there'll be an offer available to listeners to this podcast. Now, Matthew, straight in there, in my network of recruitment businesses and, and recruiters, mm-hmm. it's becoming apparent that while recruitment business owners are very excited about the the possibilities of AI, a lot of them just have no idea where to start. So give give us your advice to those people who have no outreach into AI. What what should they prioritize? What are the kind of essential things to get into place? Yeah, so I think first off, not every business is going to be perfect to implement AI straight away. So I don't think from a from a business perspective, I think you've got to look at what's important for you because there's there's lots of businesses out there, maybe um, very small on their own recruiters, boutique sort of agencies that that maybe there's certain use cases where they're just not going to get the best value from it. There's certain areas which they are, there's some which there's not. So I think first off, I think it's important to to recognise that you don't have to just follow the crowd and um, it's like you say ai is buzzword at the minute and so i think what what business owners and business recruitment leaders need to do actually is figure out understand their process and maybe understand their process in in detail of where maybe there might be might be areas that can add value so whether it's 
consultants spending too much time on manual administrative tasks instead of spending time building relationships with candidates and clients or it could be on the maybe onboarding side of things if you've got a, a big trainee model actually the amount of time it's taking to ramp up consultants to to billing and hitting quota then maybe there's there's efficiency gains there so I think it's it's looking into the different areas of your recruitment processes and your workflows and trying to figure out where maybe you can boost productivity or quality if there is areas. And the reason why I say not for everyone is if you're if you're on your own, you don't have a, a scaling team and you're I suppose there's only you've got your network of candidates and you've got X amount of roles and, and you're hitting quota and sufficient where you are and actually you you can't necessarily scale certain processes because it might knock it out of tilt in other areas, then I think it's just assessing where it is. But if we're talking teams of people and, and there's margins to be made in, in efficiency and, and also quality of delivery for the clients, then then definitely look into mm. those. Um, another area to consider as well, which you didn't mention there, is actually how you build your value proposition as well around because it is a buzzword. There, there are certain areas that actually... It may attract new clients um, potentially you don't want to, to lose clients as well. So actually how you retain customers by increasing the actual service, the resource delivery, the candidates you're putting over, but also the service, the customer service side of things as well. There's lots of different areas, but I guess what it comes down to is what your particular pain might be at the time. Okay, so um, what I'm hearing is, look, if you be honest with yourself, if you really are a lifestyle business and you're at and or you're at capacity, now is not the moment, is it? But uh, you're saying if there are efficiencies to be gained. Now, some business owners don't really know if they can be better. Mm -hmm. What's your advice to them? And what are the what are the, the red flashing lights that should make them go, oh, I really need to deploy AI here? Yeah, so I suppose some of the the quick wins with AI that you, you could get is the first one that I mentioned of actually how much time you're spending on things like writing emails to candidates, where you how you're sourcing them, encouraging high response rates from candidates when you're you're headhunting people over social emails and actually improving your written communication out as as well as um concentrating on sales and I think where AI is is great is for taking away a lot of the manual administrative tasks that go into recruitment processes and what we're wanting to do is build something that's a co-pilot and enables you to do more of the human interaction things and take away the things which on a day-to-day -day might might take up your your time and your basically valuable time that can be spent speaking to, to clients and candidates and building relationships. Right. So basically, if your team are not performing at level of expectation, if they're spending too much time on admin or tapping away when they should be actually in front of clients or on the phone to them, and if there are what should be repetitive messages or routines that are getting missed and therefore leading to missed revenue, all of those are working signs. I think that summarises what you're saying, yeah? Yeah, yeah, and that's on the efficiency side. And then the other side of it, I think, is is start to assess, which I'm, I'm sure a lot of your listeners do already, actually, the amount of CVs that you send into interviews, placements, and actually there's there's areas around 
quality that you can bring AI into as well, whether it's um, doing more thorough, thorough qualifications of candidates at first assessment or doing things like analysing those interviews, analysing CVs and, and building messaging that helps actually sell those candidates into prospective clients and opportunities as well to encourage higher interview rates. Right. OK, now this was what really attracted my attention when I first came across Red Nevada is that, yeah, I get it. You know, if it's routine tasks, they can be automated. If it's um, admin that is required by, you know, perhaps comp for compliance purposes, but doesn't really add value to the recruitment business owner, then, yeah, it can be automated. But what really grabbed me was when you said, OK, but how about we can enhance accuracy, understanding of sector and um, improve value to a client? And that I thought, hang on a minute, this is the stuff that um, Luddite recruiters, if you will, sweeping statement, this is the kind of stuff that they say, oh, you could never replace a human being here. So when you started talking about quality and value, it got my attention. Before we dive into how your system can help recruiters, I'd just like to think about uh, the world of AI and automation from a client's and candidate's perspective. Now, a lot of recruiters I know do get asked um, for advice from clients and candidates on, OK, well, you know, I know nothing about this. What should we be doing from our end to get, you know, to get some more advantage? You know, you, the recruiter, seem to be all genned up on this. So taking those two separately, Matthew, can you just describe yeah. what advice we should, generally speaking, be giving to candidates and clients? Yeah, so for candidates, I think it's about improving the CV, grammar in the CV making sure it's well written and maybe even nicely designed so that it it jumps out amongst plenty of other CVs. Okay. From the client side, I think it's making sure you're doing in-depth qualification questions and making personalised bespoke questions for the candidate that you're interviewing, but also using the analysis of interviews and CVs to provide personalised feedback to candidates to improve the candidate experience and your employer branding mm, okay oh gosh that's an interesting idea right so i know listeners will want to hear some more about that um from the point of view of someone who knows recruitment as you do mm -hmm. and who's now moved into tech how do you see ai and automation being used well or badly in the recruitment industry and it would be really helpful if you can give us some specific examples yeah so in terms of automation from a, a negative point of view i think mm. where you're actually replacing the human side of things i think every it's ai is used great when you're you're enhancing your productivity and, and quality but actually when you're you're becoming lazy and trying to automate the actual human side of things. And what I mean by that is sending out generic emails to large numbers of people rather than personalizing your headhunting, your sourcing to, to specific people or even um, personalizing your your email follow-ups when you've tried to call a client, a, a prospect, and you're, you're trying to do outreach, automating that. Actually, I think you there's your responses are going to be much higher when you're you're personalizing so i think 
any element where it comes down to the actual human interaction, which we all know a recruiter needs to, to be involved in and be on calls and, and whether it's video, phone, trying to automate that, I think, has a negative impact on the quality of, of your recruitment ability. Oh, gosh, yes. And I couldn't agree more. And, you know, regular listeners will hear me on just about every episode despairing about the spray and pray approach that now happens on LinkedIn because it's just so easy to do, isn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I get constant uh, assurances coming through from strangers telling me that they can solve all my candidate sourcing problems. I don't have a candidate sourcing problem. I don't have candidates. Yeah. Um, you know, and they've based they've clearly based their search on on two words and not very thoroughly edited it. So that it's that mass outreach, which can't be tailored by definition, can it? Or can no. it? Am I wrong there? We may get to a point where AI is clever enough to thoroughly personalise, but I I don't think so. There's certain nuances in in knowing a good candidate, a good client, and actually personalising your your conversations with them based on your experience and I think if you try and automate that personal human experience I actually think it's going to have a negative impact on the recruitment industry and actually you're just going to be getting uh, lower quality recruiters as a as a whole I think it's super important to keep that human relationship building the actual building relationships part of recruitment as human as possible because that's where you stand out as a quality recruiter over others and actually use AI to to benefit your productivity and and help you become a better recruiter by by taking away some of the tasks but not the human side. So for example a referral a personal Mm -hmm. referral would always still be a much better approach but where it could help you is then making sure that okay I didn't get anything from that so uh, it could help you to um, remind you to schedule another contact with that person. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, maybe if you did want to automate workflows, then, yeah, you could, the follow-up email saying, hmm. did you see this? And, you know, something that's not as personalised. But, yeah, that initial contact, I think, should always come from you. And and what about good examples of AI and automation that you've seen? So there's different angles of it. So from a diversity angle where recruiters are actually trying to help their clients meet diversity goals that their internal talent acquisition and HR teams have. Actually, they're using AI to build more inclusive adverts, job adverts that are out there, which are engaging a more diverse applicant pool, as well as maybe using AI to help with search engines so that you're actually getting a higher traffic of applications to your job adverts as well as the part that I mentioned like analyzing CVs analyzing interviews the analyzing CVs is a is a big part because as as you know when you come in on maybe a Monday and you've got 200 applications that have come in over the weekend actually you spend your Monday morning just sifting sifting through CVs where actually you can use AI to quickly focus on the the matched candidates rather than dis- spending time disqualifying people. So you just start speaking to people faster. If we can harness this uh, AI for, for greater productivity, I know people will want to say, okay, well, show me specifics, Matthew. Show me mm-hmm. exactly what you can do. So this might be an appropriate point for you to, yeah. uh, you know, to show us the Red Nevada system in action, if that's okay. So I'll basically run through a quick sort of, 
workflow demo of what we're building this this over time will will look different because we're going to change the the interface of it and and things like that but the what we've tried to do is go through a work process from a resource delivery standpoint and so from let's say let's just take a java developer um, and it is as simple as generating a job description and now from a with the skills to include you may want to include certain areas but there's lots of scenarios where you don't necessarily get a job spec from clients and ideally we always want to speak to clients on the phone um, and take a job brief but actually they may not have a written job description if it's something new so what we've done is made it so that you're able to quickly generate a job description and actually you can get clients to sign off on that but you also have a piece of material to share with candidates as well when maybe the client's not being able to to supply a job description for you okay so where has your system drawn this from then basically the ai um have different what they're called large language models mm -hmm. and our platform we've basically built it so that it can draw in information from different large language models so the main one that people might have heard of is chat gpt mm -hmm. but then there are others um like there's one called claude and um, meta are making some there's google bard and there's various others that are being built so what we're actually doing is almost a bit of an aggregator of the different data building mm -hmm. a platform where it feeds in data from lots of different angles and then we've built um code around it to them essentially monitor that change it and act as a recruiter computer recruiter to to build that out Ah, so if we were to put in Java developer in a month's time, it might actually produce something different. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it would, it would, so this would not be the exact same every time. And yeah. because you may put in different skills of other technologies within that, but yeah. also one of the things you can do here is tune it. So you may actually. So, for example, if you're you've got a role in um, Poland randomly, you could rewrite it in Polish. Or if you wanted it to be a bit more informal, you could ask it to change the formality of the the output. Okay, right. Okay, yeah. lovely. And so, so I can see instantly that if if I was a, a, a real you know rookie recruiter, this would mm. be enormously helpful for me to sound credible to my client and to say, yeah. so will you want them to do this or most clients who recruit these titles want this is that right yeah um, absolutely and i think it helps you that exactly that so a lot of technology especially well all of recruitment if you're if you're new to it or you're changing sector picking up the the language quickly obviously helps with your credibility technology is one of those where it's there's so many different words and, and keywords that actually it can be quite difficult to do that. So what yeah. we've tried to build is something where it quickly does that, okay. but also with interview questions and things like that, which I'll show you in a second, um, so that actually you can start qualifying as if you're an experienced recruiter in that field as well immediately. So the job description forms the basis of a lot of the other functions in the in the process. So here it's auto filled and what we can do is generate a role advert then so i'll just take red nevada as a as an example but this is quite useful because 
actually what we start to do is build custom personal um, adverts depending on the organization. But one of the important things is as a recruiter, you can actually anonymize that. So if you don't want, if you want to personalize the advert to encourage response rates quickly, but you don't want to generate something that actually gives away client details, you can mm. anonymize that. Here in the text to include is it might be things like the benefits package, uh, day rates, or maybe awards that the company has won. You can put three different web pages in here. And then what that will do is it will generate an advert that gives you an overview of not just the the job description and the details that we've created in, in the role description just, but it will also give you an about the business and the industry background and give you more information on the actual company. Mm -hmm. And while that's generating there, what you can then do as well with existing adverts is you can generate a um, diversity and inclusion suggestion. So that that's different language thing and it will give you ideas to to do and then also from a search engine optimization you can generate suggestions there as well and what that looks like is more around the technical stuff so there might be keywords to include but actually there's also other things like what's called h1 tags and and other areas which are a bit more technical so if you've got somebody building things into a into a website into your maybe your careers page, your vacancies page on your website, then actually you can build it so that it drives more web traffic to it as well. Nice, right, good. Yes, yeah. I can see how it's pulled together a, an advert um, that actually sells the the company as well as the... Uh, as the yeah, brand. exactly, and then it goes into the other things. And, um, and just so to give you an idea, I'll just show you the uh, diversity and inclusion suggestions. So this... Uh, will give you um, suggestions around statements that you can put in there. And then you'll apply those and maybe this, to be fair, brings some already into it, but you can apply those. And what this is quite useful for is maybe existing adverts, even to the point of if you wanted to put on your consultative partner hat on, maybe you could use clients' existing adverts and actually give them suggestions on things they could change to their, to their adverts. Okay. Just more from that consultative side where you mentioned before of how clients can use AI as well, just to right. truly add to that partnership piece. Okay, yeah, great. And then, yeah, there's the search engine things that uh, the, the more technical things that you can include. Mm -hmm. Now, the CV analysis, this is when we've got job applications coming in. So what I'll do now is I'll just pick one file here for you but something that's super important so you can see a name here but what we've actually built is a personal identifiable information remover so for gdpr what mm -hmm. that actually does is when you click anonymize it removes it so you only see a name on the front end but the the technology behind it it's almost like a secure layer which makes sure that you remove candidate data and things like date of birth and um, postal address, email address, and it removes them before it actually gets fed into the AI models to analyze the CV. 
Excellent. Then, so even unconscious yeah. bias, you can just eliminate it in effect. Yeah. So that's exactly it. So what we're trying to do is reduce it. But there's there's two sides of it. So for recruiters, so this um you can add multiple CVs, and we're actually changing this to a bulk upload as well. So um you can put even more CVs in. But essentially, yeah, if if you wanted to have a a second opinion, remove bias, you can you can take this output. But one of the crucial things is when we spoke about that human interaction piece is what we don't want this to do is automatically disqualify candidates for you because there may be a scenario where candidates apply they're not right for this they're right for something else but actually it's it's how to quickly analyze cvs take information that you can use to talk to the candidates to to buzz them up and to show that you've researched them and their cv before you've called them you can Mm. use it to personalize feedback in a scenario where you don't get feedback from a client maybe you can take some of this and build your own bespoke personalized feedback to improve the candidate experience um but yeah this can also be used actually when you've qualified people and as well as the interview analysis which i'll show you you can actually use this to build into your um selling in of candidates to clients that you recommend into interview as well to show again building that trust in the quality of qualification that you've gone into Okay, so I have a question. I'm just looking now on the right hand side of the screen um, about, you know, CV relevance. And I see it says it's 80% relevant. But when I'm looking down that feedback there, I can't see anything that explains why it's not 100% relevant. I can only see 80%. So what would that be based on? Yeah, so it takes so it's a mixture of things so it takes experience one of the things that it will rate people on is recent how recent the experience is okay. because one of the things obviously you can have people um who maybe three projects ago have, have done it but have been working on completely different technologies since so right. that's one of the areas it will take into consideration um it will also if there was more related technologies in the cv to java um it would rate higher on that and so if maybe you had a a java developer who's who's got all the latest uh, and greatest technology that would be in a stack it would be rated slightly higher and so there's small nuances in it but 80 percent is a is a pretty good match to be fair okay right thank you okay this is really bringing it to life matthew so please continue yeah and um and so now when we've got candidates that we want to qualify, this is a piece where we start to actually enhance the level of questioning that we're doing with candidates. So here you can choose 5, 10, 15, 20, but your skills questions here are capability questions. Your cultural questions are more soft skills, so scenario-based type questions. But crucially for a recruiter one of the one of the great things is this skills questions tool because whether it's a java developer a financial controller it could even be an airline pilot what it will do it will actually create the the capability more technical questions to ask that maybe you wouldn't usually be able to ask and actually you do more of your usual recruitment questions so understanding qualifying them whether they've got other opportunities 
um, figuring out how bought in they are to to your opportunity, selling the opportunity. Mm. But actually, you wouldn't necessarily go into too much detail around the technical technical. You'd ask questions, but they'd be based off the job description. But actually, going into into detail around the the requirements for the role, it be it enables you to elevate your qualification. But actually, it tells you why you're asking the question and the sorts of answers to look out for so it's almost a bit of an educational tool as well but oh then my goodness, can... yes i can see this would be incredibly useful to develop inexperienced recruiters and yeah. the average client would be very impressed if when you presented your candidate you said well these were the answers he gave to these questions yeah um, i think uh, you know that it's really easy for clients to sometimes imagine that all we do is say, uh, are you willing to work in this area and for this amount of money? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, that's that's one of the things that what we would love is if we got into a position where actually clients are trusting your questioning ability to because you're evidence in the detail that's going into your sourcing and screening process that actually we get more and more clients. I mean, it's great when we get a client that goes, oh, I don't need to review their CV, just put them straight into interview. But that's that's um, not the norm for, for most recruiters. So actually what we want to do is build the trust up so that more clients are going straight to interview because they've seen the quality of the, the pre-screen or the first interview stage that's actually gone into the sure. candidates that you're sending over. Okay. And then this third section now, which is just generating, is the gap questions. So this will take CV, it will take a role description, it will analyze both, and essentially it will look for any potential skills gaps. Mm -hmm. And so the reason we've done that is more around, not everybody is perfect at writing a great CV. A career contractor may not put all of the information in so actually it's how we would maybe identify any small gaps in the cv and generate more questions around them now this one now is generating job questions because i just put in a software tester in there mm -hmm. who doesn't it doesn't have java experience so it enables you to dig deeper into those and if there are any gaps at least you can um, you can mention them up front with the client and you can be honest about the level of detail in the qualification you, you've gone and why why you're still recommending to interview having gone through the gaps as well okay yeah i love mm. it and then interview analysis so if you do your qualifications on teams google meets whatever it might be what you can actually do is take the transcript of your um your interview or your qualification call that you've had you can upload it into the platform and what that will do is it will analyze the interview it will analyze how the candidate responded and then it will give an overview of the relevance on the right here in a second and now this is where we recommend to use one to personalize the feedback for candidates either immediately or when you're recommend you're saying why you're recommending to interview uh, with the client or if they've rejected them and you're not getting feedback from the client actually 
being able to provide a bit more personalized feedback because those candidates it's just nurturing those relationships because they mm. may be suitable for something else but then on the other side of it is actually we can use this again to really sell in the candidates that we're sending over to clients and why we're recommending that they interview them in big detail and especially if you're putting uploading candidates to an ATS or they're going to a talent acquisition partner before they go into the line manager actually mm. putting as much detail in your qualification and having it written down on however you present your CVs is super important because although you may put it in an email to one person if that's being passed around different stakeholders actually that might not reach the intended person so it's making sure all of this is clear and written down so wow. that any stakeholder can see it. I can totally see that is a game changer if you are facing a portal or, um, mm -hmm. you know, a, you can only upload a CV and it has to work for you or you're having to work through a talent acquisition partner. That's a yeah. game changer. Now, I can see up there on the screen, you've also got a sales and marketing heading, but we are going yeah. to run out of time. So um, this is the future. give us one or two examples of what it could do, if you would. Yeah, so the future, so you'll see here on the resourcing side, you've got candidate attraction, coding analysis. So this is technical assessment. Candidate summary will be all of the, the things we've seen built into a mm -hmm. report. So basically yeah. you're, you're sending over. Candidate attraction will be, uh, it will be messaging a copywriting tool, optimizing for different channels. So for direct messaging over WhatsApp, uh, email or social like LinkedIn, the messaging will be different to encourage high reply rates and oh. then um it can also quickly generate public posts like a linkedin post if you put in vacancies out on social media okay Thanks. now this side will be later down the line and um, these are these are soon and um, very soon in the next couple of months this is further down our product roadmap and actually what this module will look like is more how we enable um, recruiters to generate more client relationships, uh, new business relationships and um, generate leads, essentially. OK, right. Mm. So that's next year. Yeah. Yes. OK, right. Well, that gets me quite excited, I must say. Thank you for that. Uh, listeners, just to note, if you I'll repeat this at the end, but if you'd like to learn more, you just need to get in contact directly with Matthew quoting the Recruitment Leadership Podcast. Now, before we wrap up, Matthew, a couple of other things. Um, this is a bit of a challenge, really. Given that, you know, automation has been around for a long time, um, if not AI, why do you think it is actually making individual recruiters less productive, mm -hmm. not more? Or are there other factors in play? And to give you some hard stats on this, I know because in the pre-digital age, we kept paper records, um, that in my first year in recruitment, I placed 100 people, and they were accountants. It wasn't like blue collar or anything, 100 mm -hmm. people. Now, that's pretty unthinkable these days. And I was doing it without the benefit of email or internet or, or wider candidate outreach. So can you explain why at an individual level we're doing less, even though we've got this huge toolkit? I think it's easier for people to be lazy and I think people are maybe automating the wrong things going back to a point earlier about the human interaction and building relationships actually 
in some cases, you're giving people the opportunity when we talk about using AI and automation in sales processes and, and that inter human interaction side, you're almost giving people an, an out and you've probably been in an office environment and there's maybe somebody on the team where it's they've come back from lunch and then an hour's passed and they've still not picked up the phone or something and <laughs> the fear of the fear of picking up the phone is it gets greater and greater the, the longer time goes on i think automating like sales outreach and, and candidate outreach and, and things like that to the complete automation point of view just makes that even easier and and mm. i think um You've got less and less people who are experts in sales. And actually you're more you have more people managing processes rather than rather than doing the the quality recruiter sales that, that good recruiters do. Mm. So um it's a difficult one because I think how do you how do you battle that? I think it comes down to training, in-house culture and your onboarding of, of new recruits to make sure they don't go down that way. But it's challenging because right. the recruitment industry grows and grows. We have to we have to hire more and more trainee recruiters. It's a it's a difficult yeah. one to manage. Yeah, it is really challenging. But I would just if you are a listener and you're a recruitment business owner, uh, I would urge you to look under the bonnet and see how your staff are actually using all the tech you've given them because it probably mm. isn't the way you intended it and <laughs> um, and then final question Matthew what behaviors do you think recruiters need to change or even stop to thrive in this new in the new revolution revolution four I think maybe changing uh your your view on on the new era of technology and everything we may have people listening who are who are not interested they've, they've done it one way for a long period of time and and that's been successful and and i think that's perfect and you should you should keep true to what works for you but i think you should also have a an open mind to change as well because i think right now over the next two to three years i think what recruitment looks like is going to drastically change um in terms of internal technology stacks processes everything and i think we are in a position where people are going to be forced to adopt certain changes i think as as traditional recruitment probably changes recruitment's not changed by and large in decades apart from the fact that it's got harder to place hundred people in your first year <laughs> so it's uh i think um keep true to the traditional values of building relationships and uh the human side but look at look at alternative ways that uh you can do the process side but what this uh, system like yours should do um as you say is actually improve the quality of the evaluation part the candidate evaluation mm -hmm. which i really like but used properly Automation and AI should free up more time for in-person yeah. contact, shouldn't it? Okay. And there, unfortunately, we have to stop it. So before we do, um, Matthew, how should people get in contact with you? Yeah, so my email is matthew.banks at rednevada.ai, and Matthew is with two Ts, or on LinkedIn, Matthew Banks, send me a direct message, literally mention this podcast and i'll um sort you out with a month's free trial if you want to use it 
Okay, so I hope that many listeners are going to take advantage because this could be their first foray into um, into the use of AI. Matthew, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, it's been a pleasure to have you as a guest. And listeners, thank you very much for joining the Recruitment Leadership Podcast again. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Recruitment Leadership Podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast, please subscribe, review and share so that others can find the podcast too. We really appreciate your support. If you have any questions about the topics covered or wish to find out more about recruitment leadership, please email alison at recruitmentleadership.co.uk referencing the podcast. We're also on LinkedIn where you can follow recruitment leadership and connect with Alison Humphreys. Thank you for listening and we hope you join us next time for another episode of the Recruitment Leadership Podcast.